welcome back to another edition of Beyond the Headlines with Renee Washington here on Fox Sports Radio and across streaming platforms. As you hopefully remember from part one, we're not done yet. This is part two of our 2020 in review show. And if you missed part one, hit pause, go on back and listen to it as we had a chance to talk around the NBA, recapping the season that we had with the champs, the Lakers, the WNBA, and the Wubble looking at the Seattle Storms championship as well as in Will's Fantasy Footballers, his final addition for the season with his final pick as we take a look at Mike Davis of the Carolina Panthers heading into Week 17, as well as his playoff prediction, Saints-Chiefs with Drew Brees and the Saints winning it all. Well, in Part 2, we've got to get into more around the NFL as we now recap the NFL, college sports, and much more on this edition. So joining me again We've got Brian H. Waters, host of the Wrestling Realm and Breaking Through Glass Ceilings, taking the reign on this show. We've also got Kelsey Nicole Nelson, host of Listening with KNN on Fox Sports, as well as a Washington football team reporter and host of shows such as The Fit. We also have Ashley Baker, host of AMB Sports, about nothing but sports. And then we've got Brandon Williams, who's also down in New Orleans. As we're talking about the Saints winning, he's down in Louisiana, a sports reporter. And we have to get into more NFL talk this episode. A longer edition for you, but I guarantee you it will be worth it as we've got a lot to get into, not only in the NFL, but as I mentioned, college sports, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. We've got to get into more around our thoughts on the year as a whole as we are looking ahead into 2021. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode and have another chance to listen to more in our part two 2020 review. It's time to go beyond the headlines Cause I don't put in overtime just so I can headline Okay, now it's Fox Sports, I'm live with Renee Going hard every day, sports rapping every play Different segments for your favorites Coming at you daily with positive vibes Yeah, we some game changers Basketball, football, soccer With different interviews, you never know who may pop up Listen, only on Beyond the Headlines This is Beyond the Headlines <laughs> Only on Beyond the Headlines This is Beyond the Headlines <laughs> Only on Beyond the Headlines. This is Beyond the Headlines with Renee Washington. Uh, two leagues didn't really do the best job at making things happen, and that is the NFL and the NCAA. Uh, as we saw, we, we talked about COVID-19. Unfortunately, this season has been all over the place. I looked at it, and, you know, well, I told y'all, I'm not watching college football. I understand People got to get paid, but at the end of the day, I feel that college sports, you're not paying the athletes, so you're requiring them to play, which is risking their lives because they're engaging in a sport. But that's another story. Um, But even with the NFL, we've seen a train wreck. We've seen um, today the Cleveland Browns (laughs) essentially could have cost themselves the playoffs due to a couple of players not being able to play because of COVID-19. We saw the Broncos play with no quarterbacks. We saw the league's most electrifying player in Lamar Jackson miss a game. We saw, um, you know, the Steelers miss have their schedule rearranged because of things with them and the Titans. Um, So as we look forward, moving forward, 
Brandon, will we have a Super Bowl in February, the first Sunday in February? I'm I'm hoping. I'm being optimistic about it because for some reason, man, and it's crazy, even the way that this whole virus is set up and how it's affected, you know, our everyday lives and sports, you could have no symptoms, but still catch it and spread it. And we've seen that happen, you know, in the NFL. Mind you, did you have y'all did y'all see that stat? I was posted like a day ago that said this is the first time in NFL history that a game has been played each day of the week. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Yeah. Let me say that again. Each Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, a game has been played this year. And not forbid we ever see that happening again. But will we have a Super Bowl in February? I'm going to say yes right now because I feel like people, especially the players, are starting to take this thing a little bit more seriously. And well, well, well certain players, certain players are starting to take this thing a little bit more seriously and understanding that what they do off the field not only affects them, but their team teammates as well. Because players like Tom Brady, Drew Brees, you know, Ben Roethlisberger, and all the other ones that are going to be first ballot Hall of Famers when it's all said and done. They are right now trying to, you know, keep the ship afloat, especially the Steelers who were just unbeatable in like the first nine weeks of the season. But for the last few weeks, they've been uh, coming apart at the seams, it seems like. They got the win today against the Colts. But, you know, I think that overall, there's still peace. Some people are still trying to adjust, you know, to the way things have been going for this season, believe it or not. And then the impact that it has on players who are not able to play on game day because they're in COVID protocol, it definitely affects the way that offensive coordinators have game plan for specific teams, especially when it comes into a situation where you have to win a game to get into the playoffs and one of your best players is not able to play because he's dealing with COVID. That is something that cannot happen. It cannot happen. You have to be responsible. You have to stop putting yourself first and put everybody else first right now because the one common thing that everybody has their eyes on right now is February. Everybody wants to make it through January, but in order for you to make it through January, you got to put everything else to the side and have tunnel vision on what you want, and that's to be in the the Super Bowl come February. Ashley, (laughs) you picked at the beginning of the season, you stay with this pick for the past two weeks. Your pick is now null and valid. Um, not going to happen. You picked the Cleveland Browns. She to win the division. Wow. Yeah, she said that a while ago. Do you feel? Do you feel robbed with that pick, knowing what transpired uh, this weekend? Absolutely. Um, I feel like they have rescheduled other games for less. Mm. The Browns literally were, were out their top four wide receivers today. And I don't care if it was just the Jets. That's still an NFL professional football team. So, you know, again, they have moved and postponed games for less. And that was a that was a that was a big game. Um the Steelers won anyway. You know, the Steelers needed to lose in order for the Browns to to get the division. Um, but let's just say the Steelers did lose. You know what I mean? That was a game that could have cost them the division. And they were without the folks that got them there. 
So um, will that help get them there? So yeah, I felt robbed. Well, 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 I, I gotta be straight up because you say uh, for less. Now remember, the Ravens Steelers game was canceled, and they kept emphasizing. It was not canceled because of competitive advantage. It was canceled because the virus. Unfortunately, Baltimore had a super spreader on yes. the prison staff. They had like 20 players at one time. Yeah, but in this instance, I'm not talking about that crazy incident that happened. Yeah, in remember, Denver played without a quarterback. Right, that so, hasn't happened either. Okay, but just, I'm, I'm just, just saying, saying. I'm just saying if you're gonna if you're gonna since we're in this era mm-hmm. where we're moving stuff around. Back then, that game that Denver moved or whatever it was played, they're not even in contention. They, they this is something. This is this is this is a completely different type of situation. If the Steelers had lost today, they would have. It's a possibility that they could have won the division. The stakes are a bit higher. No, the Browns couldn't have won the division today. They would start to go next week. I'm just saying, it would have they would have still been in position to win the division next week. Had the Steelers lost and they had everybody available. Oh, I got what you're saying. They would have yeah, they would still been in contention. So when you're talking about stuff like that with high stakes implications, home like a home game going into the playoffs, that game that Denver had with no quarterback, they're not in contention. It wasn't as an important game. Any any anybody at this point, if any major amount of people are out for these playoff teams and stuff like that, you gotta push the games. That's just not fair. I mean, literally, the Browns have folks from their their um practice squad. Come on, yeah. like you you gotta because of what the age we're in, you have to roll with the punches and you have to act accordingly. That that was just unfair. So whatever. I will say that my pick for the Browns. Um, had nothing to do with how bad the Ravens or the Steelers would have been. I didn't predict that the Ravens were going to go on an 11-0 uh, run win streak, um, and I didn't think that the the Ravens were going to be where they were at a certain point in the season. That was based off of how good I believed that the Browns were going to be, and they were, head coach. they were there, right? The Browns, coach. Right. They, they were they were they were there. They they almost, you know, I didn't expect the Steelers to start draw. I just knew that they were gonna be in a decent position to contend for that that AFC North title. Um, and so they didn't, whatever it is, what it is. I I just feel as though the Browns, much like certain teams, always find a way to sabotage themselves. And that's something I was saying on Twitter earlier. Like, mm. are you guys at all surprised by this? You're playing the Jets in a game that you should win. And then what happens? You have no wide receivers heading into the game. They still have one, by the way. They still should have one despite not having any receivers. But you look at the final play when Baker Mayfield drops the ball, it's like that's just the Browns being the Browns. Mm. It's just unfortunately – I think for them, it's still going to take some time. I think once we saw OBJ and all these changes happen with the Browns years ago, a couple years back, everyone just automatically wrote them into being a Super Bowl contending team. And at the end of the day, it's going to take some time to shake off some of this bad luck that they're having in Cleveland. But we really are going to need them to turn a corner. I don't know that Baker Mayfield is that type of quarterback, to be honest. I know Y'all might disagree, but I think at the end of the day, the Browns are still not there yet. And that's what we're continuing to see because a true team finds a way to win these games with or without. Yeah, yeah. I don't think the call, I don't think the call at the end there, though. I, I, I've never even heard of that rule 
that under two minutes, if the quarterback fumbled like Baker did, his own damn teammate can't pick the ball up and advance it. I didn't even know that that was the case. There's a lot of people that never even heard of that. It's something new every week. Yeah, that, that was I actually heard that earlier. That's this absolutely year. fine. Uh, and uh, uh, shout out to uh, Glenn Thomas. I know he'll probably comment on it. Uh, he being a coach, but hey, I did, I, I did hear that. And uh, shout out to Anthony, Mike, and Ty Ray nine one zero. All saying Browns are going Brown. That's what the Browns do. They find yeah. a way. Well, actually, I mean to be honest, to be on the realistic side, that's not what they've been doing for the last couple of weeks. They've been a hell of a team for the last couple of weeks. So the Browns of the past, yes, but the Browns being the Browns, that, that really hasn't been their theme this year. While we're talking about the AFC North, I mean, let's talk about the AFC North. The AFC North has been one of the best divisions in football this year because the Browns are back relevant. This is a division I grew up covering, I grew up watching. The Bengals, let's remember, Joe Burrow, had he not got hurt, think about how competitive they could have been. The Ravens somehow miraculously have miraculously have turned this season around. Lamar Jackson, now people are saying, all right, this is like Lamar Jackson from the reigning MVP that played last season. And the Pittsburgh Steelers, everyone's saying, Big Ben's washed. They're not going to do anything. They came in undefeated, lo and behold, until the Washington football team beat them. This is AFC North football. The Browns are finally at that level. And you look at the Browns and they look great, except that Second game, they lost to the Baltimore Ravens. But still, remember, that was a shootout. And we remember Lamar Jackson coming out of that tunnel and just completing a miraculous play for the Ravens to get that win. I just think the Browns that was Renee's game right there. <laughs> the SA game or whatever you want to call it. The Ravens game. And then we're looking at Kevin Stefanski as coach of the year because the Browns are finally not the laughing stock of the league. When you look at them at your schedule now, you have to give them respect. That is something the Cleveland Browns have not had in a long time. LeBron James gets a tweet so happy now because the Cleveland Browns are doing something in their team that has earned their LeBron fan over here, Kelsey, but welcome to the team. Listen, what I will say is this. <laughs> what I will say is this. I think the biggest difference is teams like the Browns, and you see it even with I, when I look at the Eagles, I know they had an awful game today, but those teams that are just like a player or two, a piece or two away from that next step, I think that's the biggest issue with the Browns. It wasn't too long ago they were making history for being the losingest team. So I think they. Yeah. this is just a sign that they have a little ways to go. They're much better. I am actually very encouraged and surprised by the way they played this season, especially once OBJ went down. But as a whole, I think it's just a sign that this franchise isn't ready yet. They're not in Super Bowl contention yet. And a lot of teams, when you look over the years that win championships across sports, they have those years leading up to it when it's kind of like shoulda, coulda, woulda, something random goes wrong, and there's very close to being at that next level. I think the Browns are right now showing us that by next year, the year after, this is going to be a team that is going to be a championship, a Super Bowl caliber team. At, if, at least con competing for that, winning a division. You never know. So I think right now this is just a sign that when you're not there yet and you're not, you don't have all the pieces of a Super Bowl foundation, championship foundation, that's when you see those little mistakes happen like we've seen with them. But I do think that if you're a Browns fan, you have to at least be encouraged by the fact that they have had a tremendous season and they still have a possibility of being a wild card team. First yeah. of all, we I give it much attention to a team that might not make the playoffs. <laughs> And we keep talking about the Browns. Um, and it, here's the they're, thing. They're hot, right. Well, they're hot. Yeah. Well, what, what would you do if you was 0-16 or 1-15 season after season and you pick up 10 wins? They have more wins yeah. than the team in the NFC East. 
Like, come, and we're talking about the Brown I team. Never we'd be able to say that. Well, yeah, they, give them some type of credit. No, because they are turning because they're your rival. Well, you wouldn't give the Eagles credit. You wouldn't give the Giants credit. credit right now. To be fair, though, the Browns on paper, the Browns on paper look good, and now the Browns on paper look on paper, and this is why the Browns are getting the respect. Baker Mayfield has weapons, and finally he's utilizing them. I don't care. I'm not giving Baker Mayfield pity. He has receivers that a quarterback would dream. Hey, real quick, real quick. Why y'all not? Real quick. Why y'all don't like Baker? Why y'all like Baker? I like Baker. I like Baker as a as a quarterback for the Browns. I like Baker. That's what I was asking. I don't like him because he's arrogant. Ain't done nothing yet. He ain't Aaron Rodgers. He ain't Patrick Mahomes. Don't even that. That. He's all, and he's also, as Ashley would always say, he's the enemy. So I, therefore, if you ain't with Baltimore and you're in this division, I don't rock with problem. you. Joe hey, Burrow's hey. a bad man. Because the Browns, like the Clippers, whenever people th- that are fans see Thank all you. the players get moved to a team, they automatically had them win at a championship. And the Browns then earn the pedestal they were put on last year or this year. But I was complaining about that when AD moved to the Lakers and everybody was calling for the Lakers to win the championship. Uh, because then in LeBron James. I'm just saying so, people ain't always wrong when we make those assumptions. But, I'm, but what I'm saying is for the Browns at the end of the day, they had this expectation that no, they didn't have a LeBron James on their team. OBJ was the, the most high profile player they had. We're not yeah. going to put them in that category mm-hmm. of being a football champion just because they have good players. Baker Mayfield is not that high level. So I agree in the point that he's got good receivers around him, but he's not on the pedestal yet that people are putting him on. He's yeah. an urban, I should say. That's the urban. He's still very young in his career, too, so yeah. he still has a lot of growing to do in this one. It's one thing y'all all are forgetting about. It's one thing everybody's forgetting about. The Browns play in Cleveland. What did Joe Kim Noah say about Cleveland? He said nobody goes on vacation to Cleveland. Miles Jack, I think it was Miles Jack, or correct me if I'm wrong, when he knew he was gonna kind of go up, didn't he beg the Browns to trade the pick to the Dallas Cowboys for Tony Romo? So what's going to happen is, in my opinion, this team will never be successful. One, they're always going to be in the competition with the Baltimore Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers. And those are two cities that people wouldn't, they're destination cities. Cleveland isn't a destination city. So what's going to happen is somebody's going to get good and then they're going to leave. Look at the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, come on now. You would think Jacksonville would be a place where something ain't right there in the organization. That team was a quarter away from the Super Bowl. Yes. Jalen Ramsey had become one of the most prolific wide receiver, I mean, cornerbacks in the league. But then all of a sudden, everything fell apart. So that's what I'm saying. That's why I don't have Cleveland winning. Now, Baker may be cool, but let's be real, Ash. If if, if Jerry Jones picks up the phone and offers Baker a five-year deal for $200 million, you think he's staying in Cleveland? No, come on. <laughs> First that's of all, there's no way the Browns are going to give a Baker The city is called the mistake on the lake. That's the perception <laughs> that Cleveland has. And also, be honest, wow. AFC North, when you look at the quarterback, let's be honest, let's go to Lamar Jackson, proven, right? Joe Burrow, proven once he gets back, because we know how special he's going to be. Ben Roethlisberger, like, he's shaky. I want to have a conversation on Big Ben, but he does have a legacy. When you look at that AFC North, 
Baker is still that fourth quarterback in that division because no, I'm, I'm not gonna give him the fourth yet. I'm only I because I, I, I can't give you, you Joe Brown gotta earn it. He has to play a full season. But let's be honest, Joe Burrow on that Bengals team with a with a good offensive line, which Bengals, you guys need to draft Joe Burrow, a good offensive line. The Cincinnati Bengals, another team that can be relevant. He's also gonna need some weapons too. But he didn't even he doesn't even use his best weapon to AJ Green. Like you watch that Washington game. On Baker because Baker is Baker. And uh, let's be honest, Baker still has a lot to prove. The Browns aren't fully sold on, on Baker Mayfield, uh, and his legacy with Cleveland still has yet to be proved. This season will tell a lot, but like you said, the AFC North, the Ravens right now are king. The Steelers right now are kings, and of course, we have to see how that quarterback situation folds with how long Ben decides to stay in this football league. But again, Baker Mayfield is proving himself, but he's still not proven. I'm still not going to say Baker Mayfield is a great quarterback, especially within the AFC North division. Don't do that. No, well, we still, like again, I said earlier, we're spending too much time on a team that might not make the playoffs. With that being said, am I the only person on this panel that is not picking Patrick Mahomeboy and the Kansas City Chiefs to win the Super Bowl? Who are you picking? I just want to know. Answer that question first. Answer that question first. If they get there, as bad as, as crazy as the season that they have had, if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers find a way to the Super Bowl, hear me and hear me good. They are beating the Kansas City Chiefs, but they got to get there. See, they up and they too up and down. Nope. They kind of irritating nope. me. They up and down. They too, they nope. too flirty. Yeah. I feel like, look, the only way you can beat the Kansas City Chiefs is there's only two teams in the NFC that can do it. It got to be the Bucks, and I'm going to roll three. It got to be the Bucks, the Packers, or the Saints. You got to beat them in a shootout. That's the only way you could beat them. It has to be a shootout, and you have to have the weapons to produce a shootout. Those are the only three teams in the NFC, in my opinion, that have the weapons that can produce a shootout against the Chiefs. If Tampa Bay makes it there some way, somehow, that's ball game. You said it got to be a shootout, but the Falcons almost beat them today. The yeah. Falcons just Falcons. down to their competition sometimes. They don't like the Warriors. Where they, where they feel like they can turn it on and turn it off. They won't play down in the playoffs or the Super Bowl for that matter. All right, I so think I, we're, 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 we're kind of missing out on something here. And allow me to point it out. Wait, you, you, wait I, are you picking, the, you picking the Chiefs too? It's going to be Chiefs. You said that. In, in between these two teams, Chiefs or Bucks Saints. Now, my money right now is on the same. I'm not going to sit here and say that, that the Bucks don't look nice because they do look nice. Tom is finally starting to gel with the way things are being ran in Tampa Bay. But the way that the Saints have been playing, especially with the way that the defense has been playing and have picked it up over the last few weeks. Now, granted, when Drew Brees went down, we were kind of unsure of where they were going to end up. But since he's back now, it seems like the offense has kind of just turned it up a notch. And the, and the performance that Alvin Kamara is coming off of, six TDs in one game? Ain't been done since 03? Come on now. Let's be real. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense is nice, though. They got a solid group at linebacker that I just absolutely love. And they have a pass for us that has proven that they can get to any quarterback. But <laughs> when they came up against the Chiefs, when they came up against the Chiefs in Tampa Bay, Patrick Mahomes just showed off 
why he's the reigning MVP with the type of plays that he's able to make not only in the pocket, but outside the pocket as well. And then two, when you look at the weapons he has at his disposal, Tom has Gronk, he got Mike Evans and Godwin. My homeboy got Kelsey, Watkins, uh, the Cheetah. Uh, what's my boy that had the touchdown today? Uh, freaking keep missing well, his well, last Anthony name. says you in Louisiana. Brandon, Anthony says you in Louisiana, so you have to say Don't go outside your door. Don't go outside your door now. Watch it. Well, I actually do think it's going to be the Chiefs and they're going to meet up with, I actually have the Packers or I could see the Saints. I think for the Saints to play as well as they did without Drew Brees this season, for the majority of the season, it is like, they are a team that is is going to hit stride at the right time. And I do also think that in terms of winning championships, when you talk about the Super Bowl and the longevity of the season, you have to you have to be trending upward at the right time. Now, of course, everyone's saying the Chiefs, oh, they almost lost to the Falcons today. But at the end of the day, I agree with Anthony Adebayo and that I feel like the Chiefs are bored. They've only lost one game all season. And at this time, it's kind of like, let's work on some things. You've clinched that number one spot. You've got to buy in the first round. It's time to start gearing up towards the playoffs. So similar to what we've seen over the years, and I'm going to point out my Lakers at that, when you know you've got that number one spot clinched, you can start focusing on some other things. And even I, I loved what I was hearing today about do you even play all your players? Because between COVID and injuries, is it worth the risk of having players play next week? I mean, these yep. are the little things they can start focusing on because they have clinched. So, yes, they barely beat the Falcons, but let's keep in mind this is a team that, they, they can, in a sense, turn it on when they want to. Now, on the other side, I think you have to keep an eye on the Packers. With Aaron Rodgers playing the way he is, as, as well as he is, you can't completely overlook them at all. Bingo, Packers are the only team. And you need to have a strong quarterback, which Drew Brees with the Saints or Packers have with Aaron Rodgers. But you also have to have a strong defensive line, good play calling. It's got to all click. You can't come into the, a game versus the Chiefs sideways. So I think those are my three favorites. But I do think the Chiefs right now are looking like the team to beat. I'm going to say this. I look at this all the time with historical stuff. And every time in football, when we have that one team that we're picking to go all the way and dominate, <laughs> and the wheels always fall off. I'm going to go back to 1997. Everybody just knew the right. Green Bay Packers were going to be beat. And what happened? The Denver Broncos showed up and beat them. Then, you know, um, the Saints, the one year where they had like a magical run, they didn't win the Super Bowl. Carolina got there, boom, they fell off. So, no, I am not picking the Chiefs because I I just have that feeling, and I could be wrong. I could tell you it ain't gas, but I have the feeling that the wheels are going to fall off. With that being said, I'm going to do what I always do. I'm going to stick with my preseason pick. And that is the Baltimore Ravens over I the Seattle Seahawks. And LJ, look, look, they trending at the right time. In 2012, they yeah. went in to week 16 against the Giants in Baltimore. Both records were 9-5. Ravens won. 
And look, it's gonna be the revenge tour. So hear me out. This is how it's gonna go down. Cause oh. I, 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 look, I predicted the same thing in 2012. I told people we was gonna go to the Colts. We gonna go to Peyton Manning because Ray Lewis could never be in the playoffs, and he did. Then they was gonna get the revenge for Brady, and then we was gonna have a Harbaugh. The first person that uh, Ray, Ray Lewis ever sacked his career was Jim Harbaugh. So here's what's gonna happen: the Ravens are gonna beat the Steelers. Then they're going to face the Chiefs. And Lamar Jackson is going to finally get over the hump. And then guess what? We're going to finally get Derrick Henry in the NFC AFC Championship. And then it will be black quarterback, just black quarterback in the Super Bowl. Ooh. Oh, Look, you got a lot of us happy. I'm going to back you up a bit, Brian. I still have Kansas City repeating, even though I usually don't like to do repeats, but seeing Patrick Mahomes in person last year in February during the Super Bowl, he made me a true believer. And what we've seen from Patrick Mahomes, again, Brandon touched on it. He has weapons all around him. The defense also shows up for the Kansas City Chiefs. But to be fair, the Ravens are hot right now, and they are a very scary team when they go in this way. When you look at their Super Bowls, Brian hit on it. This is when the Ravens have done this, hoisted that trophy. So I see where Brian is coming from. But the problem with the Ravens is if the defense can be consistent, Brian, they look great today, but that was also against the New York Giants. If the defense can be consistent and if they can stay healthy and if the receivers can be sure receivers and catch the football because Lamar does not have those weapons that Patrick Mahomes has. If Hollywood Brown can live up to his name, but yes, Des. Can you got my man to end. Name. Look. Have a chance. So I think like someone is Wakanda. And they're hitting at the right time. So the Baltimore Ravens, look at them. Look at them because they are a team that can be very dangerous in the playoffs. I've been saying this on shows all week throughout the DMV. The Baltimore Ravens are a team you have to look at. But Patrick Mahomes, I'm not betting against them, Brian, but I do. We got the best kicker in the game. And remember, Peyton Manning, when they beat him, I know it's a different team. But scenarios, I'm just going with scenarios. When they beat Peyton Manning to go to face New England, that was the best Broncos team, better than the one that went to the Super Bowl the next year, better than the one that won the Super Bowl, the same team that destroyed them. And when there was a thing called Flacco in, the same way the Broncos destroyed the Ravens that year was the same way the Chiefs destroyed the Ravens this year. The Ravens will come back and get it done. And I want everybody to put some respect. Nobody disrespect them, Lamar, but no. can we even count on the Ravens when it's time to run up against the Titans again, possibly? Can they finally get that? They had a beef one, two, three. Shout out to uh, Steve Smith, former Raven, who I would put in the ring of his ring of honor, even though he's only here three years, for calling out Greg Roman. Yep, yep, that offensive play calling. I'm just saying, but like Brian, really quick, just really. Hey, look, we spent all that time on a Cleveland. I in the words of Brian Morris, we're spending too much time on a team. The only unanimous quarterback ever. It's Y'all still in the hunt. Let's move forward. The Colts lost. Yeah. The Browns lost. We're it's number six. We're number six. It's a okay. <laughs> I'm smiling too, Brian. Don't worry. Well, if we want to talk about teams that aren't in the playoffs, I mean, we can do that because I definitely, my Eagles are hurting my nerves, you know. NFC East, if y'all want to talk. You're within that five-year mark, Renee. Y'all want to see the Super Bowl for five years. I don't care. 
ever. I didn't cry today. My team won the Super Bowl in the last five years. Brandon never experienced one. You know, he just joined Ravens Nation last year because he was with the Washington football team who just can't seem to get it together. What's going on? That's a whole different segment. Dwayne Haskins is the most disappointing player I've seen, not because of his play on the field, but because you have a black quarterback who has the opportunity of a lifetime, and he's literally throwing it away. That's frustrating. You know? And and Ashley, it's been a while. You know, it's been a while since you've experienced the glory of the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, I remember what that is. Like Tom Brady, sweetie. It's, it has not been a minute. Oh, no, no. It don't count. That's Gloria, a player. Let's be fair. That's a player. Okay. Okay. I haven't experienced six of them things in the last 17, 18 years. Okay. Let's just be very clear. But I bet you if it was Brady versus the Cowboys. Every year. Every time the Cowboys let you down, you always... Going to Brady. Like, hey, Brady, I'm, I'm back, like that, baby. Brandon. I miss you. Did you miss me? You can never say solid with get your boards because you know deep down they will let you down and then out of nowhere. Tom Brady, I've been loving him ever since Uh-oh. he came here. Like, Where was that energy when week one was happening? Okay. Let the situation come where Dallas. Let me be very clear. Brandon, pause. Flag on the play. Real quick. Let me let me let me do this, Renee. Hold on, real quick. Just just let me real quick, sis. Tag me in. Hold on. First of all, unlike you, you're not used to your team or play experiencing such I have. Hold on. So I don't have to brag and do all of that about Tom Brady all year, typically when they are in New England, because it's automatic in that kind of division. What you want me to keep talking about the constant winning? No, you're going to hear me talk about it more when he's in the playoffs. You have heard me talk about Tom Brady during the season more this year than any year because he's with a new team and they are not dominating in the fashion that I intended. They got the wrong coach. This is is completely different from You want me to you want me to brag and boast for 16 straight years in a division that they're constantly gonna win? I don't need to do that with Tom Brady. So yeah, you're gonna hear me talk and criticize Dallas much more in these last 20 years that Brady's been playing. Then you're gonna hear me do that without you know throughout the year because he's not a loser. He's a winner. And so I'm used to him winning. And I we'll we'll see if he can win going to a new team. Um, Renee, uh Renee was uh, ready, amped up. Um I don't really know why Carson Wentz is getting dragged as the worst quarterback in the league. That's how you say his name because there are a number of teams that Carson Wentz could go to right now, this second, this moment, and be the starting quarterback. I mean, I think he – and this is something I was talking to Brandon. And I, let me just say this, okay? I'm going to tell you a lot Ashley, because I am tired of having to defend Carson Wentz because at the end of the day, any athlete that can be injured – Three seasons in a row with season-ending injuries, ACL, back injury, concussion, as a quarterback where your O-line does not exist. I could put my three-year-old nephew on the offensive line and he'd probably do a better job. And you have no receivers, nobody blocking for you. You have no options to throw to. So besides the fact that you've missed such so much because of injuries, the mental block that builds because of the fact you've had to literally carry your team offensively and the fact you still don't have options, even though in the draft, I don't know what the Eagles were doing. Howie, what were we doing? 
because you still don't have anybody to throw to to block for you. It's not all on Carson, guys. Stop putting everything that the Eagles are doing wrong on the quarterback. As you see from Jalen today, today on the Jalen Hurts is doing all he can do. It doesn't matter who our quarterback is. You can put Patrick Mahomes there, Tom Brady there. If you don't have receivers, if no one's blocking for you, it doesn't matter. You can only run the ball so much. And then you add into that the amount of injuries he's had dating back to 2017. What do you expect from this man? He's human. So mentally, he's already coming into the season with a little bit of hesitancy. That's natural because his game was being able to be a running quarterback, quarterback. Then you take away all the five Five, five, <laughs> are you kidding me? And we had an actual great play on defense. Finally, our defense showed up. We didn't look like cones. And then we turn around and get back to back flags. What was that Carson too? No. So I, I wish I had oh. put all that on Carson Wedge. We got it as, as fans, as reporters, as people that love sports. We need to have a bigger perspective and stop blaming everything on one player. These are grown adults. They're top professional athletes, and they need to step up around him. It's not all about Carson. Somebody inserted the dreams and nightmare. Um, he is coming down on Carson because he got that big contract, and now they're not getting the um, return on their investment. And Mike just said something that was very key. The way that he was having played these last couple of weeks with Jalen, that quarterback, they were like a whole new team. Yep. Yeah, but because Jalen added a spark, but like we know, it doesn't matter. It's going to catch up to you. We saw it catch up to them today. They did not have any options. They should have won that game versus the Cowboys. You're up by 14. You start the game off real strong. Deshaun Jackson comes out of nowhere. Suddenly we can find him. Then what happened? Jalen Hurts is looking up the field with no one to throw to. Why is it that no one can get open? Nobody, what, what is our play calling? We can't adjustment. We can't even go in the draft and pick a top receiver. CD Lamb and Justin Jefferson were on the board. We were talking about this. We were talking about this last night, boy. So me, me, Brandon, and Renee were actually offline. Like, we, were, we were having the same conversation. And one of the points that I brought up was, you know, what's really kind of concerning me about Doug Peterson is, is he a coach that can make adjustments? Because, you know, as Renee alluded to, they don't have an offensive line. They have so many key spots that they, you know, need to make changes in or, you know, fill people in those spots. And they went with a quarterback this past draft. And so I'm like, okay, well, was Carson just okay for the first three or four seasons? Now Now he wants to add another dimension in somebody like Jalen Hurts because that'll confuse teams. They don't have much tape on him. They don't know how he really is on an NFL level. So what's going to happen in the next two or three years if Doug Peterson is still there? If if they don't correct offensive line issues, like Renee is saying, you know, are they just going to go ahead and draft another quarterback because they don't have, the teams don't have tape on him. The teams don't know how he's going to perform. You know what I'm saying? Like he got to be better at adjusting with what he has. Um, I agree with Renee as, as bad as Carson Wentz has been this season. Let's not go. I'm not going to say he played perfect. can be a starting quarterback on any team. Like we're not, come on now. You, you can't be that. Look, I agree that there were some passes that Carson threw that I was, that I was very surprised by because of the yeah. fact that it wasn't Carson like. But I also think at the end of the day, there are so many factors that, and I don't want to stay on the Eagles for too long because it's still it is frustrating that we just lost and we're done. But at the end of the day, 
We need to, whatever, Ashley. The team needs to make adjustments. The amount of injuries that we have season after season is unacceptable. The amount of times that players that are supposed to be our top receivers are not even on the field healthy to play is unacceptable. The amount of second and third string options we have in a starting role, not okay. Our defensive line was awful at times today. Awful. The Cowboys were able to just run through them like they were literally cones. That has nothing to do with our offensive line. So there are so many pieces that need to be fixed. And the most frustrating piece is the fact that in the offseason, what did what did we do? We brought in another quarterback. We brought in Jalen Rager, who I think are great players. I'm okay with having a great second quarterback. But what about all the other pieces that need to be fixed? There have been no adjustments. I think Carson Wentz definitely struggled. But let me ask you all this, people that are watching, how would you do coming off of three back-to-back season-ending injuries with no options on your offensive line? How would you do as a quarterback? He's human. Just like we're getting on Steph Curry with the Warriors, Carson Wentz with the Eagles, across sports, we got to stop blaming it all on the best player because we want to ignore what the other guys are not doing. There are 11 players on the field. There are special teams. Defensive line, he can't do it for everyone. So we're gonna be saying that. Woo! Man, I'm down. Man, I'm down. Man, I'm down. Sorry, y'all. I'm sorry. I'm not. I like wins. I like wins, but he has struggled this season. I've talked about um, Baker Mayfield, who has struggled, and then the Browns got hot. So it's not just them, and I get it. The offensive line, but I'm also not gonna say, oh, Carson Wentz. It's all the rest of the team. He's taken ownership for his mistakes. And yes, Renee, you touched on the Eagles have had their problems, but so have other teams. And you also touched on a great point. I know a couple teams I'd like to see Carson Wentz with if the Eagles do not decide to go forward with him. We've seen Carson Wentz improve But this season, he has struggled. Quite frankly, he's, he's honest about it. He's open about it. Because the Eagles, at the beginning of the season, everyone said what? Kelsey, the, the Eagles are going to win the NFC East. That was the verdict because the Eagles on paper looked the best. We saw what happened with Dak and the Cowboys. Sorry, Ashley. They who who going to win the NFC East now? That was the worst of course. Ain't going to be y'all. Didn't you say that was the worst thing that could happen? It doesn't matter who comes out of it. In all actuality, I do not want Cowboys Nations. Please don't, like, please don't crucify me. I, you give that front office an inch and Dallas, baby, and they're going to take a mile. And I feel like any real success without that press staff being a part of it, they are going to take it and run with it. They're going to try to tag him next year. They're not going to give him this long-term deal because they're going to believe that throughout the trials and trials, you know, the trials and tribulations, just everything that they went through this season, they still ended up winning the division. Uh-uh. You give Jerry and Steven too much and they will run with it. So I, I, me personally, I would be okay with not winning the division next week. Like, no. Because sometimes front, we got to take a look at the people at the front office. Sometimes they get complacent and it's in their mind. Oh, we at least made it to the playoffs. It's not good enough. A team like the Eagles and the Cowboys should be way better than what they are right now to have four and six wins. That's pathetic. I mean, at the end of the day, in the front office, you have to do your job to make sure every season you're bringing in players to help your team get better. And if your team is not getting better, regardless if the Cowboys make the playoffs or not, as a season as a whole, they didn't. They had a trash season. It was they they underperformed yet again. So it's time to take the lens off of this whole like at least we made the playoffs crap. No, 
Your goal is to championship. It's not enough to just make the playoffs. Go win a championship. If you're not competing for a Super Bowl, your team is not good enough. End of story. Let's be honest. The whole NFC East has to regroup after this. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Unit, we look, we look terrible. The Washington football team. It's the whole division because every quarterback in this division, people have questions about. And already, Ash touched on Dallas. They're talking about already, do they bring Andy Dalton back as a possible backup right for that? There's so many questions to go for. And, yes, the Cowboys look great. But they were also playing the Philadelphia Eagles and the Washington exactly. football team put a quarterback in there who is proven. We saw what I think why y'all said that because they didn't look that great to me. Oh, well, ouch. Well, look, they look a little better than us. Anyways, what they did today, obviously, look at Ash's face. And then the Washington football team had Heineke started that game. I think we would have saw a different outcome in that game. We saw Haskins struggle. Brandon touched on the interceptions and the fumbles. But the Washington defense, I think, is what's going to keep them in it. And possibly, again, it questions at the quarterback, but possibly them to finally get to that P word, which is the playoffs. So I think Washington football team does it. But, again, this division is just there's so many questions in terms. The Eagles, questionable. The, the Cowboys, questionable. The Washington football team, questionable. But from what today, the Washington defense, I'm still picking over any team in the NFC. All right. All right. All right. Man, I tell you, y'all, when it comes to football, I don't care what anybody say. I put y'all up against anybody. Why watch them shows on Brian? <laughs> 206 and whatever the other channels is when you get uh, the millennial media mavens? I mean, I'm just saying. But um, you talked about questions in Washington. It's time to move on. Hopefully we got the right answers in Washington coming up as we shift to the culture side of things. And that will be, we got a new president, y'all. <laughs> we got a new president. Yes! I can't wait to see that. The winds of change are blowing in, in Washington. <laughs> a positive in Washington. Uh-huh. A positive. Yeah. A positive other a positive. Than Especially after today with the football team and the Wizards. But 2020 didn't bring us anything about us a new president, so I am okay with that. Yeah, I was going to say, how y'all feeling? Just, you know, go ahead, release your thoughts. Go ahead, Ash. Oh, great. Look, 2020 has been a year. I don't need to say that because everyone felt it. Brian, you touched on it. I mean, so many of our lives have been touched by COVID. I mean, I've lost family members. I'm sure people on the show have and people watching the show have. Um, we, you know, I know frontline workers are going in every day, sacrificing their lives to try to find a cure. And saying all that to say, the presidency also, the past four years have been a trying time, especially for people of color in this country. I mean, just living in D.C. we see a lot, right? We saw the last Proud Boy marches and everything else, we've seen the derogatory terms aimed at people towards us. And now to have a person that's my skin tone in that VP elect spot, a black woman that went to Howard University here in Washington, D.C., a member of my sorority, Alpha Kappa Alpha, Alpha sorority, I think it's a special moment. And Joe Biden, we saw what he did with former President Barack Obama. He put hope back in this country. He made that, he made it so we could be civilized once again. I think that's all people are asking, just a civilized country where people don't feel disrespected. And I think for many of us, I go back to that speech. I go back to that phone call Kamala made to Joe Biden, the we did it, Joe. Joe. Yeah, I actually did it with the right <laughs> That made us so emotional because it was such a special moment because so many of us in this country have just seen the hatred that has spewed these last four years. And we're trying to go forward, right? We want to be that America country that's respected once again. We want people to feel open once again. We want people to not feel just like they have to hide themselves because they're scared of what other people might say. And I'm big on diversity. I'm big on representation. 
And having Kamala in there with Joe, I think it's powerful. I think it's powerful. What they're already preaching, trying to bring this country back together because it is a very divided country. It's special. We saw what happened in sports even. I think, you know, having them back and far after it's even tweeted about this when it happened. And we still have, unfortunately, had to see these quote unquote recounts, which we don't need any recounts because we already know who was elected the president. I mean, it just stopped the count, right? Because Joe Biden is our president, Kamala Harris is our vice president. I think for a lot of this country, we're moving forward, but we still see a side of this country that's stuck to our former president and refusing to, you know, acknowledge our new presidency. But say all that to say, I'm excited for inauguration in D.C. I know COVID will have it, so it's different, but it's such a special moment. I mean, I saw my grandmother cry because many people thought they would never see this day that we see a black woman. And remember, this country was built on the backs of slaves, and now you have a former descendant um, of a slave in the White House, a person of color, right? A person, a black woman a woman of Asian descent in the most powerful house in the entire world. So for me, I think it means a lot. And I just want this country to come together. I don't care your political beliefs. I just want us to move forward, have people be respected, and have people have a chance to have opportunity. So hopefully it turns the tide again 2020. Prime year. 2021 is a couple days away, y'all. We're almost to New Year's. We're almost to New Year's. But I think a lot of us are excited for what's yet to come, but also just hoping that everyone can get on the bandwagon and just hope that a brighter future is ahead. Again, it's not about the vision, it's about inclusion and us all moving yes. forward with our backgrounds. So I think the biggest thing that 2020 has been, aside from all the loss and tragedy, has also been a year of exposure. And it's been a year that a lot of the um, flaws as people, as a country, as sports, as fans, like in so many aspects of our lives have really come to the surface. And I think that the biggest thing I, I took from the fact that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are now going to be in office come January is the way that our country actually did something right for once. You know, we have been in this situation, whether in politics or in sports, in society and education, where what may seem like the obvious solution doesn't actually come into fruition. So I think this was a moment of we're turning a corner as a country. And I, I want people to keep in perspective because I like to put things in perspective and keep in perspective, I should say, that this doesn't mean suddenly all of our issues are going to be magically erased. You know, we have centuries, not years, not decades, centuries of issues, racism, sexism, discrimination, the poverty and, and homelessness, all these different factors that are still within our country because of the fact that the United States, whether you want to admit it or not, was founded on violence, hatred, and discrimination. It's going wow. to be for us to overcome all of that. Mm. But I think to see this step in the the way that we had the most people ever vote, people of all ages, it's no longer just older people or specific um, political groups all ages, all races, all backgrounds that were stepping up to vote, the way people were helping each other vote and helping to spread the word and, and having conversations. I know I've had so many conversations on social media, more than ever, and some of them were uncomfortable. Some of them were very heated. Some of them were very toxic. Um, and people that had completely opposite perspective, but we were at least having the conversation. And that's, as we know, in order for any change to be made, you've got to address the elephant in the room. You've got to be willing to talk about it. So I do feel like if nothing else, the fact that we finally have a black woman in office, the fact that we as a country did what was right, it's a step in the right direction heading into 2021. Thank you, Mike Patton. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Brandon. <laughs> All right. Um, Take your time. Uh, <laughs> don't worry, we ain't rushing or nothing. Oh, okay. Sit back. 
What I was getting ready to say was um, that we are we are definitely seeing you know some positive change come about in a crazy year that has been 2020. And um, I think that, like Renee said, this has been a year of exposure. But in my opinion, this has also been a year of you know learning and seeing who people really are and really um, making a decision to stand up finally after being quiet just for the sake of not being you know the one to kind of stir the pot the pot isn't being stirred it's boiling over at this point we've seen the pot boil over in 2020 with everything that has been going on from police brutality black lives matter to um, um sports and how you know health and safety and cleanliness has all been a big conversation this year and another uh, far why was i hearing people this year asking oh you supposed to wash your hands with a uh, hot soap and water uh duh dude or you're supposed what to shower and clean your legs and feet every time is something i heard y'all we got some nasty people in this I world that's so it literally y'all literally i before we were even quarantined i remember i was in math class before like in early in the spring semester and one of my classmates he had left out to go to the restroom came back and said that he saw a dude about to walk out without washing his hands. And then he comes back, washes his hands, doesn't use soap, and then looks at my classmate and asks, oh yeah, it's uh, 20 seconds, right? Or two minutes? I was like, are you serious? <laughs> but anyhow, um, I think that we are finally seeing the importance of why it is important for us to go out to vote as a people as a black community, you know? And I really enjoyed seeing, you know, people really um, try to exercise different ways in which they could vote. And I think what really helped um, get by, get uh, Joe and Kamala over the hump was all the mail-in balance that had to be counted. And just for the record, people, election day and the counting doesn't stop at the strike of midnight it stops when all the votes have been counted. So you can't go on Fox and CNN and say, we've won by a landslide, it's over, it's already been over, stop the count, this, that, and the third. And then you try after turn, after turn, after turn, after turn, to get everything recounted. Okay, we'll recount. You still lost, sir. Concede. <laughs> now, other than that, um, I do think that, you know, we are going to be seeing some things slowly change. Um, the vaccines have been, have been made available to the frontline workers and first responders that have been putting their lives on the line to make sure that, you know, people who were affected more so than others when it came to COVID-19, making sure that they're straight, you know. And um, I definitely think that, as, as Renee um, said earlier, that there will be change, but it's not gonna happen so quick. It's not gonna happen like you just put it in the microwave and bam, here's your meal. It's gonna be a slow progression of things that we're gonna see take place. And in order for us to um, continue to see change, we have to be consistent with holding people in charge accountable for what they are doing. I remember over the course of the election season, seeing a lot of people saying that Obama, he did some good things, but he didn't do every single thing right. Okay, that is fair. However, let's not just gloss over what he did do. And then also, let's also bring up the fact that he tried to put something in place. 
a preventative measure for when something like the coronavirus would come about. He tried to put something in place so that we would be prepared for this, but it never came through. Why? Because the people that were around him, just because they worked with him, they didn't necessarily like him or what he was trying to do. But just to tell you that sports. Say again. That's why they don't tell you stick to sports because you know your stuff, brother. You know your stuff. <laughs> you know you can't, especially in this business. And then too, that's another segue right there. Good segue, B. This goes to show you that you know, as journalists, you know, we can't just stick to you know what our bread and butter is. We have to broaden our horizons a little bit and really do some you know research and some deep thinking within ourselves and some soul searching within ourselves to say like, hey, what can I do to help contribute to not just what my bread and butter is, but to what is affecting um, stuff around me as well? Because the, um, the, um, um, the influence that we have seen athletes have on the way people vote this year has been amazing, absolutely amazing. And I hope going forward that it continues to stay that way because when, you know, you would think that a person that is in charge of the most powerful office in the world, you think they would have the most influence over everybody else. Nah, it's your um, your rappers, your athletes, and um, and it's also people in your local communities as well that have good influence too. And it just goes to show you that just because a person has a whole lot of power at their disposal doesn't mean they're gonna use it in the correct way. And then also too, I hope everybody paid attention to how, um, how what what President Trump has done this year to not only you know people that agree with him, but what he has done to um, the least of us right. that have been affected by his decisions and decision making or lack thereof this year has shown that you know even though you may agree with him at one point. Doesn't necessarily mean that he's gonna have your back layer down the line when his back's up against the wall. All right. Mm-hmm. Ashley. I mean, y'all summed it up for me. <laughs> uh, you know, y'all said all y'all needed that needed to say. listen. I'm excited that there's uh Kamala and Joe in office as well, particularly because it was I was able to really have it relate to my daughter and have her really understand it as a black woman, you know, there's no limits to the things that you can do. There's a black woman in office that has never happened in that high of an office that has never happened before. And girlfriend, you can put everything, anything you put your mind to, you can do it. So I was really happy about that. Um, And yeah, pretty much what everybody else echoed, honestly, um, record voting year, super dope. Um, we realized who has who has huge influence over voters and shout out to the black women. Yeah, yeah, shout out to the black women. Yeah, so yeah, they got everybody summed it up. You know, I'm not gonna say anything on that subject as we give a wrap. I'm gonna close out with my thank yous. So um I'm gonna start with Renee. Renee, I'm you know appreciative of everything you've done. I know it was a couple of times I've had some rough situations this year, you know, and trying to battle some things mentally. And she being the good sister that she is just straight up, just reached out. Hey, bro, you are, you know, being that venting board that I could talk to, you know, and then obviously, like I said, you know, just proud of you and your new venture of helping people along the way, you know, for those who don't know, Renee's a 
all-American athlete and, you know, award-winning uh, journalist. So she's sitting up there. She's a superstar in her own right, but says, no, I'm going to help people along the way. You know, Kelsey, I've watched you come along. And now with your gig this season, really seeing the grind of football season, how cool is it that I can see you on TV, you know, and be able to say to my daughter, yeah, that's one of my best friends on TV, you know. Brandon, man, you graduated and then moved down south. <laughs> it was like, I'm out of here. <laughs> you know, you you just watching you and your growth, you know, you you boys to men. Um, I, I, and I always bring this up and I'm bringing it up publicly. Y'all, when I first met Brandon, it was the last Tuesday that I worked at ESPN. Shout out to my manager, Steve Brayband, who let me politic my way to work the morning because Brock Lesnar was coming the day after Monday Night Raw. And Brandon was there with Marcus and Nikki shadowing um, first take and at the time his and hers. And what does he do? He was like, you know, he first he sees Big Baby. Hey, I'm a big fan of yours, yada, yada, yada. First of all, even, we didn't even see Big Baby first. I think it was. Uh, no, that's what that's when I saw you. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, well, who in the world's a fan of Big Baby? Okay, whatever. And then, you know, Brandon shot his shot. Sometimes he don't do that on other situations, but he was like, uh, <laughs> he was like, hey man, you know, uh, so you you say you're from Maryland, whatever. Can we keep in contact? And been my little brother ever since. And then there's Ashley. Man, Ashley, Ashley, Ashley. You know, just watching your growth and taking um about nothing but sports to new heights to see you become a voice that people look forward to when games are over people look forward to let me say this you know that's been something that's just been amazing to watch and every you know i me and ashley talk whether it's in the morning or the evening and it's been a lot of stuff that i go through personally and you know her being a parent she can sit there and say well no Maybe try it this way or try it that way. And that's like, you know, these friendships. And this is why the four of y'all means so much to me. You know, I have a lot of great friends. Don't get it twisted. You know, I have a, a close circle. I'm a, I'm, I got three, you know, just to break three group chats that I pay attention to every day. Right. And, and I have a close circle of friends. And, you know, in this aspect, Y'all are that inner circle, and I'm just blessed. So, you know, I love every one of y'all. You know, y'all was right there. What do Ashley? Ashley was actually supposed to be over here Monday. We make the joke that maybe if the plans would have been in place, I might not have cut my hand. Then again, it probably still would have happened because I'm, I'm still doing the same thing. And what did she do? She's like, I'm telling. And she was in the whole chat because we was literally in the middle of texting. And in between that time, I said, hold on, be right back cut my hand on my way to the ER. <laughs> and she's like, I'm telling everybody. Yeah, I kind of oh, wanted everybody to like, him like I did. Like, what the hell are you doing? Sit down somewhere. Stop doing the most. Cut your hand. Calm it down. Sit down and watch the game. It was Monday Night Football. I, was, I, I just got finished getting my hand up. We were supposed to take the family pictures. <laughs> so it was 5 30. So that's why. So that is my close out for the day. Yeah, anybody else can take it over, but I love each and every one of y'all, and I'm blessed. What's up, everyone? Renee Washington here, and thank you so much for being tuned in to Beyond the Headlines with Renee Washington right here on Fox Sports 96.9 FM, 1340 AM. 
iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Hit that subscribe button and be sure to follow the show every Wednesday for a new episode starting at 12 p.m. Eastern Time. Back to the show. Woo! Thank you all so much for tuning in. It has been a pleasure having a chance to close out the year with you as we have been able to review all that has happened across sports, politics, in our society. So much change has happened. Who would have thought last year when we rang in the new year that we would have lost so many, had so many changes, had our whole norm flipped upside down, but here we are closing out another year. And as we look ahead to 2021, I definitely ask, what are you hoping to do in this new year to grow, to take that next step in your career, in your life, in your faith, in your relationships, in your finances, in whatever aspects you are hoping to grow. As we close down another year, don't take anything for granted. If 2020 didn't tell you anything, it should be the value and importance of each and every day, moment, and opportunity. So I'm thankful to have had a chance to close down this year and to close down 2020 with my family, my four best friends in the industry, and, and honestly, four of my best friends in life, I should say, and Brian, Brandon, Ashley, and Kelsey, and I still had that special edition sh show coming for you. So don't worry. We've got a very special guest. And I think it's great to start the new year off with our TV star that is going to be sharing his story and journey. So hit that subscribe button so you can keep up with Beyond the Headlines each and every week. Have an awesome new year. Be healthy. I hope 2021 brings you great health, great fortune, great opportunities and success, great memories and nothing but the best for you. I'll see you guys in 2021 for more here on Beyond the Headlines with Renee Washington across all streaming platforms and Fox Sports Radio. Happy New Year, guys. Only on Beyond the Headlines. This is Beyond the Headlines. <laughs> Only on Beyond the Headlines. This is Beyond the Headlines. <laughs> Only on Beyond the Headlines. This is Beyond the Headlines. <laughs> headlines. With Renee Washington.